Hello and welcome to Dream Life Best Fit Role with me, Nikki Smith. I'm a psychologist, a career change coach and a strengths coach. I believe that everybody can love their work and I help people to use their natural strengths to transform their work life and love their job. These podcast episodes shine a light on my clients and other inspiring individuals who have created their dream life best fit role or business. I focus on how they play to their natural strengths, those activities that energize and inspire them. I also focus on how they've conducted mini experiments to take the fear out of change and generate momentum. Okay, today we're talking to the fantastic Lucy Coventry from early starts in marine biology to being a vet nurse to her most recent career change that involves the beach. Who doesn't want a dream role that involves the beach? We're going to unpack as much as we can together today. So welcome, Lucy. Thank you, Nikki. Hello. Hello there. (laughs) So let's dive in. When I first met you, you were working for a local SEALs tour company and you, you shared with me that you suspected there was more for you to figure out. So can you tell us a bit about that career crossroads for you? What what was life like at that point? Yeah, sure. So I just moved down to Barwon Heads from, from Melbourne and I just left a career of being a vet nurse for 10 years. So there was, there was a shift in my professional career. I really wanted to be closer to the beach to pursue that marine world and also just for our family too. So it was a, a lifestyle choice as well. I suppose the big career crossroad was coming back to the marine world after having 10 years break. So I'd studied in the marine sector but never worked in it and then went off and found a a wonderful career in vet nursing but it got to a point where I just didn't see the future beyond that. I didn't see where I was going with it and I wanted to come back to the marine world. So I was really wanting to come back to my real passion. I, I just didn't want to get to 60 or 70 when I was retiring and think I never did it. I never did it fully to what I thought my potential was. So, um, yeah, it was re-entering the world of marine biology that I'd had a break from. So I was really nervous and I was really underconfident, I suppose, at that point. I'd had children, spent some time out of the workforce and then re-entering a world that I'd had a break from was quite a nerve-wracking experience, but super exciting as well. We often have one with the other, don't we? So can you recall what perhaps some of those nerves or doubting thoughts were? Because it's a really interesting path, isn't it, to have studied something, found a different career, and then thinking of returning to the thing you studied. Yeah, definitely. So I think it was, I'd studied in northern Queensland. So all my studies were around tropical species and tropical habitat environment. And then I was here in Victoria doing all the temperate stuff. So I felt like I have this marine biology degree, but it's not relevant to the local environment that I'll be working in. So I did have that sense of I've got a piece of paper, but does the I don't have the experience to back it up. I don't know what these species are that I'm looking at. And I felt a little bit like a fraud, I suppose. You have that sense of can I call myself a marine biologist? I don't know. I, I want to be in that world, but just restarting and re-emerging, it was the confidence that was lacking, I suppose, when I was re-entering the world of coming back to it. 
Yeah, I hear you. And as you know, you're in such good company. When facing a change, we're faced with uncertainty and our brain floods us with doubting thoughts, such as the mm. ones that you you were talking about. So some of the key challenges you wanted to overcome was this confidence gap um, in making the change. Also, you felt like there might be a knowledge gap as well in terms of the tropical versus the temperate marine biology domain. Mm. Were there any other challenges that you thought were in front of you when making those changes? Yeah, sure. So I suppose that's the, the the mind piece behind it. But when I first came to see you, Nikki, I was working in that field, but the challenges were that they were both seasonal working positions. So lots and lots of work during summer when everyone wants to be in the water and outside and on boats and beach discovery tours and doing all the fun things in the marine world. But then there was no work during winter. You know, it felt like you were very employable during the good season, but then having this six months off of no work, that was really challenging. And also having two jobs that I was really, I was casual. So I was quite, I had to wait for them to contact me to give me the hours. So I just didn't feel very in control of my working week. It was very varied in the hours. It was one week I'd have four days and then nothing. And then two hours, it was just having a small family and trying to organise your life around that. It was very tricky working conditions, I suppose, as well. Absolutely. With young kids managing inconsistent weeks, I imagine would have been really quite stressful. Yeah, definitely. So when Lucy and I got together, the first step in the seven-step career program is to uncover all the ideas for Lucy. (laughs) And so I'd love to hear from you when we think about those ideas and then the mini experiments to test some of them out. Many months later, what can you recall back from those early days and those early mini experiments? Yeah, so I love the mini experiment and I love that you brought this to me because it was a way of tapping into something without the pressure. So I suppose it was allowing me to just test the waters and see if it was something I wanted to pursue without the pressure of making it a full-time thing or a major project or something that was, was out of reach. I think it made it very much more available to just go and see how I felt see what the learning experience was, take the pressure off. And it was very helpful, I suppose, in those early days of just getting me started and knowing that, look, you did do it and you can go back and do more. And then the projects got bigger and bigger and bigger. Yes. So the first couple of ones I think was just reuniting some people back in my life that were already working in that space So getting in touch with some people to help me with some of the gaps, I suppose, I felt I had in my learning at the time. So brilliant. And what was that experience like? Really great. It was um, just allowed me to go, no, you do know what you're talking about (laughs) and you can do this. And I suppose it's that confidence piece. It's, It's allowing you to just back yourself and to go in there and it's okay to fail and it's okay to not be perfect and it's okay to go in and have an awesome time and realise that it's something worth pursuing. So I think keeping an open mindset around the expectations I was putting on myself, I think I just needed to be more gentle on myself about what my expectations were. Yeah. 
Yeah, I love hearing that. And because so many of us have been, you know, conditioned or taught to really be high achievers, and that means diving in full throttle on things and making things happen quickly. And what many experiments, you know, gives you, like Lucy is saying, this permission to be gentle, permission to do things in smaller, smaller bite-sized pieces, such as having a conversation, connecting to someone in the industry, or doing a little bite-sized piece of research And the whole point is really to give you some more clarity and momentum, isn't it? And when you're overcoming those confidence gaps and clarity gaps, they're just so helpful. So, Lisey, why don't we share perhaps two or three of the ideas that bubbled to the surface and what perhaps that first round of mini experiments look like? Yeah, sure. So I think as I was thinking about what my next career move was going to be, I really wanted to be in the education realm. And I really wanted to be with the ocean. So those two things coming together, I started to sort of explore some nature play ideas. And I did an online nature play program with my own son because we were during lockdown. This was during lockdown last year. So I was actually just using my own children um, to do some activities to sort of get some creativity back as well. And that really helped with processing oh okay I'm really enjoying doing this with my child and some activities that were sort of um, engaging him as well so I was watching him being really engaged with some of the nature play things we were doing just in the back garden or down at the park so that little mini experiment was just doing an online five-week course with him and we just did daily activities which meant we were getting outside and we were getting fresh air and we were both getting back into nature, which really helped during the lockdown both for both of us, um, which really ignited my passion and interest in that sector, which actually is where my beach kinder has derived from. So that mini experiment was really helpful. So fantastic. And before that five-week one, from memory, I think you just did a little bit of research to see what was out there. Is that right? And in terms yeah. of short courses... Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, just seeing what else was in the area, seeing some short courses that I could do. And I think it was also looking at what other organisations locally there were that I could connect to. So doing local stuff was really important to me. So community work or environmental work that was happening really close by. So that was relevant to the environment that I was going to be working in myself. Yeah, so fantastic. So Lucy did this type of experimenting on about three or four ideas, but I can already hear the excitement in you wanting to share more about Beach Kinder. So let's just go straight there. <laughs> Why don't you share what you know what the result is, what you've created? Yeah, sure. So this year I launched my own business called Sandy Feet Beach Kinder, and it really is all about connecting children, but also families, so parents as well, back to nature. So having an environment that we we work outside, no matter what the weather is, we get out in all elements and we connect back to the marine world. So learning through hands-on learning, um, so some structured learning, but then absolutely free play with giving children choices of what they would like to do. But socially, it's I really noticed that this age bracket, the pre preschool age bracket, so three and a half to five year olds, engaging them together 
in an environment that was that natural environment was just such a beautiful fit. It was um, lots of parents were coming to the group because they wanted their children to socialize with other children the same age, but also having that natural environment. So getting down onto the sand and learning how to share a spade or interacting with each other to build a sandcastle or running in the waves together and, and, and looking to their friend and having a smile on their face. And these little friendships are starting to form, but it's in this magic environment of going down to the sand and watching the seasons change and getting a bit creative and a bit messy. Um, but it's been great. I've just really loved the outdoor aspect of it. And I've learned so much about wind and rain and not things not to take down to the beach when it's wet (laughs) (laughs) Um, and how to be adaptable, like really having to just turn up and, and have some things planned, but then also be quite flexible with the group dynamic, allowing the children to kind of drive where they want to be and where they want to go. And, but also have some structures and boundaries around that as well. I just love hearing that. And I don't know about you listening in, but I just had so many images of kids and waves. Just now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's, let's draw in your strengths at this point, because uh, so one of the other pieces of the puzzle is that we really want strong alignment between someone's strengths and that the role that they design or, or curate together. And so Lucy, what are your, um, let's talk about your strengths. Yeah, sure. Um, So my strengths were harmony, developer, empathy, individualization and connectedness, which when I first got these five strengths, I thought that I suppose I was a little bit underwhelmed for the fact that they had a lot of crossover and I didn't think that there was enough varied qualities. But now with time and when I look at it now, I actually realise the strength of that. And that because there are so many crossovers that they really complement each other in a lot of ways. So, yeah, it was funny when I first got them back, I was like, oh, they're not very diverse. They're all very similar. But now I actually think that that's a good thing. (laughs) Uh, I remember you being very disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So um, if you're like Lucy and your majority or all of your strengths are in one domains, um, might be relationship building, might be getting things done, might be strategic thinking or influencing people, You, it is, it's a natural tendency to go, oh, they're all kind of in that one domain. But as Lucy says, in combination, they are powerful and there are nuances in there, which you won't get to know unless you really immerse yourself in your profile. And the other thing too is even if the names of the strengths all sit under one of those work style pillars, there'll be there'll be dashes of something else. So for Lucy, you know, this she's got this love of learning and you're you are also good, I think, at setting out a process, don't you think? Or being able to break things down and and set up a process because that then links with your ability to really develop other you know other people really instinctively and connectedness really seeing the seeing everyone as one and that we're all connected individualization seeing the unique qualities in others harmony really creating that positive inclusive 
environment, seeking consensus amongst others. So they're these incredibly strong relationship building strengths. And sometimes in our society, we don't think relationship building strengths are so fancy, but they really are. And what I love is this alignment to to the Sandy Beach kinder. Yeah. Kinder, let me say. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's when I look at all of these qualities, strengths, I think I get to practice most of them in my in my business. Like I think actually all of those strengths are being ticked off when I run my sessions, which is quite exciting when I read back on it now. Cause I think, yeah, I didn't expect to have all of those be able to be used in it in my everyday work life. So that's really exciting. That's super exciting and such a big thing to celebrate and to believe and to know that it's possible. And that's probably why I feel so excited about the work that I am doing is because I'm working towards my strengths and I'm in a place where those strengths are allowing me to, to be feel that I'm at my best or doing the best that I can. Yeah, so good. So would, did you have any, in terms of your strengths and setting up your own business and working for yourself, how did that sit with you? What worries or concerns or questions did you have around starting a business? So that was a big one. Starting a business, I never thought I'd be a business owner. I'd always worked for sort of companies that had a very much quite a hierarchical position within the company. And so I just always thought of myself as a pretty good team player, not as a a leader in the business or being the the standalone business owner. So it it was a pretty big thing to step out of that mentality of, oh, you're one of the team and now you're running your own thing. But I think when I was looking at all the ideas of what I wanted in a business life was looking at being my own boss. So the frustrations I had with my previous roles was all coming from, I suppose, um, not a very nice workplace, sort of negative um, relationship stuff that was going on. And being my own boss means I get to run a company and a business along, which which is in line with my own values and my own ethics, um, which is really empowering because it's not by, I don't have to work for someone else who has different values and ethics. I get to, I get to put my own into that. So that was, that was probably the driving force. The fears around running my own business and stepping out, of course, was um, I'm not qualified enough to run my own business <laughs> and also I suppose it's those those fears of failure so not getting it right the first time round, the doubt and uncertainty of what it looks like um, I do like um, being prepared so walking into a business for the first time with no previous experience was quite a daunting thing and I suppose yeah the fear of failure was a really big one And so what did you draw upon to overcome that? Was it your strengths? From memory, I think we talked about even first term being a mini experiment, the first Mm. round of classes. What what helped you, do you think, to overcome some of those fears? I think, yeah, setting small goals is really important. So I think I just said I want to run one class at the start of 2021. That was my first goal. I didn't look at the major big picture of I want to run a global business all around the world and open up multiple sites down the coast. It was just very small goals. And I suppose with me, I also knew that I had to go quite slowly. Otherwise, I would scare myself off. (laughs) So it was just that one class. So focus on just starting your first class 
and the rest will roll from there. And then you just turn up every week. And now I look back and I'm in my second term and I've got a whole bunch of classes I've run and every time they've been so different that it allows me to just gain on experience and my little tools of knowing what to do for particular situations. And I feel like I'm just building my repertoire as I go, but starting off really small and just pinpointing that first date and just say, turn up on the first date and see what happens. Fantastic. So good to hear. So good to hear. So Lucy, would you consider what you've created a portfolio career? I'm asking because you have been approached to do work for some other companies. Do you regard it as a portfolio career? And can you share what some of these other opportunities have been? Yeah, so it feels like this beach kinder is just the beginning of multiple other branches that are coming off. I suppose, yes, I have been approached to do some other things, which is really exciting. And I'm hoping to get the Beach Kinder program into school situations. And I've already run one term with a local primary school doing the preps, which was really successful. So that's really exciting. I suppose, yeah, what the beginning of this business looks like now will be very different to where it ends up. And I'm not quite sure what that end point is, but I can see it's quite a fluid thing. And the more I dive into it, the more opportunities will come. So I sort of Also realise that I'm a projects person. I really love lots of different projects going on at one time. And I love the variety of having a whole bunch of stuff going on. So, yeah, it's it's not just a single business that's doing one thing. It's going to be expanded into a whole other areas, which is really exciting. And again, I don't know what the end point is, but I'm really excited with the growth that's already happened within the first six months where I started and where I already am. There's been so much already happened. So that's really great. And I'd love to know when you got called in to do some sessional work, I believe it was for an outdoor adventure company. What was that like in comparing preschoolers with, with teens? Yeah, so I love having a diverse age bracket, which is why I have multiple projects. Like I love the preschool age kids. Um, they're so amazing in their developmental stage, but also working with teenagers is a whole nother bracket. And so, yeah, doing snorkeling tours and stand-up paddleboarding with some of the high school kids has been really awesome because you're working with teenagers who are in a totally different developmental stage. I really love allowing people to have the safe ability to conquer a fear. So for some of these kids, they've never put a wetsuit on, they've never gone in the ocean. And so getting them to put a snorkel on their face and put their head in the water and look at seaweed is quite a big thing. And to see some of these kids conquer their fear, it just brings me so much joy when they come out of the water and say, that was the best thing I've done this whole school year and I want to come back and do it again. And those are the kids are the ones who can't swim very well or have a fear of the water and sharks and they overcome their fear. So that's, that's a whole nother element that I love in my working career that I don't get with the preschool beach kinder. So that's, Yes, that's, that's an amazing opportunity to do that during the summer period. So the seasonal work that comes in with, um, with doing some other things at different times of the year. Oh, so good. Uh, so my next question is, we, we love talking about strengths on this podcast. Our brain does tend to go to our weakness side. So we only ask one question around weaknesses because I actually want all humans to focus 70 to 80% of the time or more on their strengths. But everyone's interested in a bit of 
what happens with weaknesses. If you think about the work life you've created, is there one weakness that you identified that it was worthwhile partnering with someone or outsourcing something to really eliminate the need for you to do things associated with that weakness? Yeah. So because I'm at the early stages of opening the business and it's just me running two sessions, I'm not at the point where I have a business partner or someone else who's running alongside me. And I do think that at times when you're the solo business owner, you do need someone to kind of bounce ideas off or have a chat about how a session went and that sort of thing. So finding someone else who you can have those chats about how your sessions were run or part of the business that you just need to have a conversation about that's really important. So yes, I have found a few people that I can ring and just run some things by who also own their own business. So that's been really helpful. But I think initially, yes, asking for help when you don't know about certain things. So advertising was a really big one. I had no idea about advertising. So yes, I had a, actually you set me up, Nikki, with, with an amazing person to do some Facebook advertising campaign and how to just reach people through the Facebook because that's basically where my clientele is coming from. And also the wonderful person you got me in touch with for my logo as well, who I'm really happy with. I think asking for professional help for those stages, I sort of thought, oh, I can do my own logo and I probably wouldn't be really happy with it from the word go and then changing it later would have been difficult. So doing it right from the start, I was so happy with the logo that he gave me and I just felt really confident starting my brand with the right image. So yes, reaching out for professional help when you need it at the beginning was really, was really helpful. Oh, so good. So I think, are we talking about Luke Hallam and his partner from Munch yes. Design? Munch, yes. Yeah. yes. And yeah. Mina Summersvo from Social Media Tribe? Yes, that's right. Yeah, and perfect. And the interesting thing is often we think these things are going to be really expensive, but actually quite often that when you're getting a single focus project completed, they can be more economical than we think they are. So Lucy, I love asking people, was there a, a fantastic blooper in early on in the Beach Kinder sessions that you yes. covered from that you want to share? Yes, definitely. Oh, there's, there's multiple, but it's usually weather related. So this one was from when I was running the primary school. So I had 60 kids coming down to the beach and I was running three classes in a row with the small groups, one after the next. And it was a bit raining and we weren't sure if we were going to run it or not. And I finally, me and the teachers said, look, it's only going to be a very light drizzle. We'll get the kids down anyway. It'll be fine. So I set the mat up underneath the bridge and the tide was coming in and I could see the tide was creeping up and the, the kids had their back to the tide or to the water and I could see the water coming closer and closer to the mat. And I was thinking, okay, I've got another five minutes until the water is actually on us right now. But we've managed to finish up and, and get the kids off the mat and moved it before they got the waves smashing on their back. No, it wasn't that bad, but um, before they got really wet. And then I was waiting for the next group to come down and I stepped off the mat to get the next group and the wind just came and flipped my mat with all of my beautiful artifacts, like all my seahorses, sea dragons, all the shells and everything that we were talking about, we just flew across the beach <laughs> with this one gust of wind that just blew everything over. So we frantically tried to get everything back on. But the kids had a laugh, I had a laugh, and that's 
that's the joys of working outside in the elements I suppose you are that's a great visual everything flying flying. whatever it becomes a treasure hunt (laughs) yes that's right yeah so you have to just sort of regroup and sit down and go oh well that wasn't a perfect welcome and introduction to the next group but oh well here we are and we'll get on with it yeah I love hearing all of all of those stories. So if we're thinking about what you'd like others to try, um, if they're thinking about a career change or at a crossroads, what kind of mini challenge or mini experiment would you set for others? I think starting off really small is good, but also taking away the monetary value. So if you want to do a mini experiment, which is just a volunteer position, I think when you're not charging for something, it takes the pressure off. So if you just say, I'm going to do this free of charge as a test, it's the expectation that what people will want to do and, and your expectation you set on yourself really lowers everything right down. So it's not um, charging for, for a big project that the expectation from the client is that the standard will be really high because they're paying for it. But if you're not paying for something, you're, you're sort of really happy with whatever outcome you get. So I think taking doing something free of charge initially and then start charging after that it just I don't know it, for, for me it the volunteer things that I did at the beginning was it gave me the space to um to experiment without having the pressure that oh people are paying for this they're going to expect more and therefore the program has to be a b c d you know it, it set the expectations differently for me yeah, and that's excellent to hear. And you do have high standards yourself. So to hear that you were able to dial them down and get into experiment land by offering a certain number of beach kinder sessions for free or nature, nature kinder sessions for free sounds like it was really powerful. And I suspect that people coming along with their kids see it as an experiment too. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah, definitely. Yeah, so before I ran the Beach Kinder, I did sort of nature play group in the park with just some local kids. And that was just really great having to set myself a timetable to get all the materials ready every week. And then when I went to Beach Kinder and started running my own sessions and charged for that, I felt like I'd had uh, a bit of practice for the last couple of months just doing separate things that I'd done in the park. And then a lot of the parents came up to me and sort of said, oh, how long have you been doing this for? And I said, oh, well, this is, this is my first term. And they were quite blown away that that was only just beginning of, of the business. They sort of had felt that it had been already set up before, which I suppose gives you confidence that you've done the preparation and you've done the work and that before you turn up. Yeah, and having the confidence is really everything, isn't it? You could actually yes. show up and be honest, this is term one. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. And I kept saying, look, I'm learning and I hope that you guys come on the journey with me and they've just been so welcoming and so, so wonderful, the group of people that have come together for this. Yes, yeah, been very humbling. So good. So good to hear. So I really encourage you to go and have a look at Lucy's website to look for that stunning logo (laughs) Um, and all about Lucy's story. And there's incredible photography on there and you'll really get a sense of this business and creation that she's designed. And the website is www.sandyfeetbeachkinder.com. That's S-A-N-D-Y-F-E-E-T-B-E-A-C-H. K-I-N-D-E-R.com. Lucy, thanks so much for joining us today and thanks everyone for listening in. Thank you, Nikki, for having me. So fun. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. If you want to hear more stories like this one, please subscribe. And if you're ready to uncover what's ultimately next for you, whether it's your next role or your dream role, 
please go to my website, www.nikkismithcoach.com and there you can sign up for a free online webinar workshop or you can reach out to me via the contact form. And if you loved what you heard, please leave a five-star review. I'd love to read what you enjoyed most about the episode. I'll talk to you soon.